This is Josh. And this is Brian. And welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine a mix of essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, visit us at CuriosityContinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the conversation. This episode is special to me because I reconnected with a woman who I had not seen in 43 years. For those of you who don't know, uh, part of my trip to Seoul, South Korea, was being able to reconnect with one of my foster moms. Here's what I learned about this particular story. Uh, from the agency, right? I was I was adopted through Eastern Social Welfare Society. There were different agencies in Korea that help with adoptions. Uh, this particular one was mine. This agency actually still had her uh, Jung Soon's contact information, right? And they got in touch with her. She's 80 years old, and she said, "Yes, I'll meet with Brian." So this episode has a special place in my heart because this is one of my first caregivers in life. I didn't arrive in the States until a year and a week old. And this woman cared for me for six months of my life while I was still over in Korea waiting to come overseas. Yeah. So I just wanted Brian to talk about this experience, and that's why we kind of did the uh, intro at the beginning, because I thought just give him kind of the he, – he laid out the episode, uh, what we're going to talk about, but I really just wanted to kind of like pick his brain and talk about what the experience was like, because obviously it's somebody that you've seen before, but you're very much strangers. So how, how did that whole thing like start? I know it was because through the adoptive agency, the green agency, but how, like, how was that? Like when you met her, was it familiar? Was it weird? Was it both? You know, it was a mix of many things. And honestly, it was something that I didn't quite know how to prepare for because this woman is not somebody that I've built a relationship with over the decades but somebody really critical in my growing up, right? Right. I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Uh, it was confirmed only just a couple of days prior to me going on the trip, and I was going to meet her after all the, the conference things that I had attended. One of the things that I was thinking about was, like, what gift do I bring this woman? You know, what pictures do I show her? Like, how do you right. sum up 43 years of life and try to express that gratitude? It, I mean, it's impossible, but I wanted something that was special just to have that that time together. Here's some things that happened. I went to the agency that morning. Strangely enough, there was an accident in the alleyway and a car had crashed into the side of this agency. <laughs> like it's like what in the world? It was a bad accident too. So there's an ambulance there. I got there a little early. I'm like, yikes. So I gave the the, the workers uh, space to kind of work. And I went down the street to Starbucks. Yes, Starbucks, and had a <laughs> Had a coffee. What I actually found interesting about the coffee, I don't know if this is true. I'd have to ask somebody who I know works for Starbucks. I think they brew the coffee hotter in Korea. Like this sucker was hot. And I, I like my coffee at that temperature. I know there's like different uh, 
like temperature things that you brew coffee at to kind of get different flavor things to come out. But whatever it was, it was like piping hot and I loved it. I came back and met with the social worker or the caseworker prior, right, to kind of talk through how this is going to go. And then she showed up. Jungsun showed up. So her full name is Jungsun Jong, and I'm saying it probably poorly, so I apologize for that still as I'm learning all the, the right pronunciations of the Korean language. Um, she showed up and just looked at this woman. I just held both her hands. She was very sweet, and it was very touching for me. There was a kind of this immediate well of emotion, and I was just grateful to see her. And then we sat down on the couch, and I had prepared a few things to kind of translate ahead of time to say, here's what I'm doing, here's my family, uh, this is kind of what we're all about, and just share a little bit and, and thank her for taking care of me in that time of life. Here's some things that came out in the outworking of our time. I did actually record the entire thing, so there's audio of that, and I have yet to kind of process that through in some right. translation services. Here's what I was struck by. When I saw a picture of this woman previously, it was explained to me that that was my caseworker who handled my, my uh, process at Eastern. It wasn't. It was her. So I've seen a picture of this woman thinking that that was the social worker, but she was actually my first foster mom. I learned that I actually went into foster care a little earlier than I had thought, I think, because I actually, the, the, let me back up. I was actually not in the incubator for as long as I thought because I was premature. So I went to the orphanage system, and then she brought me in. I learned that I was her first foster baby. I okay. learned that. I'm like, oh, she had fostered for 30 years. So she had a long relationship with this agency. So that kind of probably explains why she still had contact information right. with them. What I also found out is that your Korean identifier is kind of tied to your phone number somehow. So that kind of like your phone is like the thing that links you. Some way, shape, or I don't know if that was always the case, but... I know it is now, and it actually makes it very easy to kind of pull records together. What was special about this is I kind of learned about uh, life growing up in 1980 in Korea, some of the things that were going on at the time. I found out that I had foster siblings. So I was the only, I was her first foster baby, and I was the only foster baby in that time before she had some medical things where she actually unfortunately had to give me back to the agency to have a second foster mom uh, for that trend. But there was such demand and need for caregivers of uh, abandoned orphan children that they asked her, so would you please um, you know, consider fostering again? And she did. So I found out that the Jong-soon had four children biologically. And about the time I arrived into that household, the oldest would have been 16, and the youngest would have been eight years old. So I was a little guy tootling around. <laughs> yeah. I told my wife in years past, I'm like, I don't know if I have a sibling. And I kind of thought like, oh, birth sibling, right? Like there's maybe, I may have other siblings out there because I don't have any knowledge about any birth family. But this all of a sudden made something click. There are a couple of stories that emerged from my growing up that my mom would tell me. Now, one of my first cousins' name is Jeff. And Jeff wasn't around little children. And the first time I saw him, like, I would not let him go. <laughs> kind of freaked Jeff. I was going like, he won't let me go. What's going on? I learned that I grew up in a household with older children. So I was always around them. And that right. actually kind of let me go, oh, 
because mom said like when you saw certain other people that were probably about the ages of my foster siblings, right? I gravitated toward them, especially like the older, uh, older men. At that point, like my first cousins would have been like teenagers and stuff like that, right? Right. But that would make sense because that little guy got attached to the all the whole family, right? I did learn that uh, Jong Soon's husband passed away about 2019, and she's been living with her daughter since that time, right? And I mean, she's 80 years old, and so I mean, like, like you kind of see more care units for the family do that. As she's telling me these stories, it just made me settle, even though, like, like I said, there, it's not like we built this relationship. There's kind of origin story things that this helped kind of solve a little bit. What was right. the household I grew up in? At the end of our time, we spent about an hour and 10 minutes together. And she got a phone call. Right? Now, this whole time, we've been working through the caseworker who was handling my case now to help translate what I was saying and what she was saying back and forth to one another. Right? On her phone, her phone started ringing and I recognized the melody. I'm like, this is How Great Thou Art, the hymn, or How Great Thou Art, sung in Korean. And I'm like, I asked the caseworker, I know that melody, because I've heard this a lot growing up, you know, because I yeah. grew up in, a, in a, a Christian home. And so we started talking, and I found out that Jung Soon is a Christian also, and that she was a, it was a Christian household. And for me, I was like, isn't that interesting, how that, the outworking of that, um, because it also connected us. I wouldn't have known any song. You say, here's a song. <laughs> do you know the lyrics? I'm like, um, probably I do. Maybe I don't. But because it was musical, all of a sudden I go, oh, isn't this interesting? I think for me, it, it uh, reinforced to me, you know, like God does not play dice. <laughs> there are right. things that happen all along, all the way through. Um, not the only reason why somebody would choose to foster, but it also showed that like caring for the widows and the orphans, like that was actually something that, like we can care for them um, and why her heart was open. Not everybody likes to take care of babies that are going to just be in your care for a little bit and then move on. And she'd even said like, you know, if situation would have been different, like she probably would have wanted to adopt some of those children. Right. That may have spun off another line of questioning and things for me. But what it did is going like, man, like I was cared for. Now I didn't understand any of those dynamics growing up. I said, it was just a big question mark. What was I cared for? What was it like? You know, there's still like bookends of what the orphanage life was like and what foster mom number two was for three months. I don't know that information. But to know like this section of my life that, hey, I was around, I had older siblings, right? And that that foster mom and foster dad loved me a lot. This may sound very basic to people, but you have to understand that when you don't know that information, there's like, well, what happened? Right. There's a there's a passage from um, an adoptee who wrote a, story, a poem, and it talks about how you know your life starts on chapter two. It's you don't you can see the pages are ripped out, and there's no going back. Nobody's told you what they are. You just have to accept that those pages are ripped out, and that now chapter two. This is the most important book of your life because it's the book of your life. <laughs> it's not right. like oh yeah, like we'll just make it up. Right. This whole trip really helped me connect some dots enough enough continuity between origin to now that really helped to to have my whole system take a breath and to hear the loving care that this woman had given me was a great comfort to me and i at the end of my time 
I tried to share as much as possible. I'm like, thank you for opening up your heart to a little guy who needed love at that time. I'm getting misty just talking about it. Yeah. Um, as a parent, I know how much my child grew, both my children grew, just in that short first year of life. If you're a parent and you've seen somebody grow, or you're an aunt and uncle or somebody, yeah. and you've watched somebody have a baby, and you just see all the different things kind of unfold over the course of time, there's a lot of change that happens in the first year of life. And this woman was part of that story for me. So understanding that, there was a, I think if I had met her when I hadn't been a parent, it would have been a different feeling. But now meeting her after my children are in their teenage years and understanding a little bit of the course of change that happens in somebody's life, it was super meaningful to me. And that's not where the story ends. There's a platform called Kakao Talk, which is like a chat program that a lot of Koreans use. And she's on Kakao Talk. <laughs> she says, it, I don't use it much. But, um, you know, I said, could I have your information? So we actually wished, wished each other Merry Christmas uh, over that. I shared a photo of uh, the family as well. So hopefully we'll have more conversations. And part of my desire to learn language and how to write without using a translator app is so I can communicate more functionally yeah. uh, with people like Jongsun. And it's very special to me. I think we just leave it there because that's uh, kind of profound and we just need people to sit with it for a while. Thanks, folks, for letting me share such personal things about my life, especially recently. And I think the lesson for me is that there are people who actually want to hear those things. So thank you for being part of the journey with me, folks. Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.